Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap Sunday Fun Day. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dudes, Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. And it's a great day because it's Sunday Fun Day. We're going to do a little plug in here, and then we're going to get into a badass episode. Everybody be sure going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at ontapsportsnet. And if you get a chance, going over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, Spotify, you know, giving us the best rating you can and an awesome review. The best review, Nani, correct me if I'm wrong, we'll get a cool koozie, right? Correct. A cool, tough correct. koozie? Yes. So yep. that's what you guys need to do. Um, Tony, how how you doing, man? Doing great, Buzz. Uh, cracking a beer here. And um, just happy to be back on the mic with all three of us. It's been a little while since we had... The full crew for Sunday Funday, so I am uh, I'm excited for this one, guys. Yeah, guys, it's good to be back. Uh, Buzz, I know you were out uh, a little bit busy the past couple of weeks, but um, you know that happens. Uh, we held down the fort here, and uh, glad to have you back on. And uh, good to talk some White Sox baseball with you, gentlemen. Uh, Tony and I finally got the first week of it uh, under wraps. Uh, you know, last Sunday Funday, and then this time we got two weeks of baseball to talk about. So I'm pumped, guys. Absolutely, I. I couldn't be more happy to get on the mic. You know, this uh, this other Jerry Reinsdorf team is really just taking all my energy away from me. And uh, we're almost we're at I see the light at the end of the tunnel. So it was nice to be able to jump on the mic today and do uh, some socks on tap and talk about, you know, all the news that took place. I mean, within the last week, you know, with the games and then, you know, the, the extension that took part. So, Nani, I mean, with no further ado, man, I'm gonna let you lead into this stuff. What, what's what's first on the docket? Yeah, first on the docket is one of those things that you mentioned, Yoan Mankata. That was the biggest news this week. Uh, he and the White Sox agreed to a five-year, $70 million contract extension. Um, I-, I wanted to say this because, Tony, you know, it's been a long, you know, last year and even, you know, you and me and Buzz uh, all using that so White Sox. Um, and then obviously wrote that article before any of the major moves really happened outside of Grandal this offseason. And it's always been in a negative light. But I want to spin it because that's how White Sox is going to start to become positive. There'll still be negative things, but, you know, you blow a game in whatever the eighth, ninth inning. But the positive things, that's a White Sox recon one, uh, signing these players, young players to extensions uh, at levels that will allow them to keep building around them and sign other guys. So um, thoughts on this deal initially. I'm pumped. Yeah, let's let's get into this one. Moncada, five-year, $70 million contract extension. I believe there's a six-year, uh, was that a, a, an option that can bring it up to $90 million, uh, if exercised? I think this is a really good deal for the White Sox, and it's I think it's a good deal for Moncada, too. Um, but I'm going to go around the table and ask you guys a question when I'm done with this. Um, I like the way that you brought that in there with Rick Hahn, that's so White Sox, and locking these players up. We saw it with Bummer uh, earlier this offseason. We saw Eloy last year. Uh, we saw uh, Robert uh, get the extension as well. Um, back in the day, you saw Chris Sale get the extension. You've even seen um, Tim Anderson get one of these things done. Um, he's just so good at this. I think if there's one thing that Rick Hahn is best in the league at, it's locking up young talent. Um, I don't, I don't know any other GM around the game that, that has done the kind of work that Rick Hahn has done. And, uh, I was watching a little bit of the, uh, the Red Sox twin spring training game earlier today, and they were talking about this on their broadcast about how the White Sox are going to be good for a long time uh, and just the battle that they're going to have against the twins. And it's, it's interesting to be watching a different game that the Sox aren't even playing in 
and hearing the Red Sox announcers just talking about this this young core that's been locked up by Rick Hahn. I think this is awesome. But guys, there was some stuff going around. Our guy NWI Steve had floated this out there on Twitter uh, right after the Moncada extension uh, was reported, um, and he kind of threw this this little take out there. He's like, "Did the White Sox exploit Yon Moncada?" Um, and, and this kind of popped up last year a little bit with the Eloy signing too. Um, I'm not sure if there was much of it around uh, Robert signing, but uh, this was definitely prevalent last year that the White Sox exploited Eloy Jimenez. And, and then uh, I think this, there was some sarcasm out of Steve, but there are people out there who believe, actually believe that these players are being exploited by the White Sox and that this is bad for baseball because they would have made more money by entering free agency younger or through arbitration. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I, I, for one, personally, I believe that this is good for both parties because you're you're talking multiple million dollar contracts here, um, and just avoiding arbitration it, to begin with for both parties. It's a it's a headache, um, and you you've cleared up contract talks for the near foreseeable future. There's less headache on both sides, but I want to know what you guys have to think about this. Uh, so I'll, I'll go round table with you guys. Obviously, let's talk a little bit more about the extension. But uh, I, w- I want to hear what you guys have to say. I'll take this first, Nani, if you don't mind. Um, I I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody gets so mad. Yoan Makata is 24 years old, guys. This is his second contract. His first one was 30 million. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So this guy has signed 100 million dollars worth of contracts. He's 24 years old. I haven't made a million dollars in my lifetime. <laughs> you know, like so. Number one whatever like knock it off it's a lot of money number two exploiting him what if he gets what if he gets hurt what if something happens why are we blaming the white Sox? why not go blame his agent why don't we hear that mentioned at all you want more money for him blame the agent i did see i did see somebody say his agent should be fired and this is but uh, i like the lot. point there i like the i like the point there uh what if he gets injured Right. I mean, there's a there's a million different ways you can go with this. What what if he reverts, dude? What if he doesn't have that great of a season and he reverts back to his first uh, big league year full time up here and you know, 149 games in 2018, he strikes out 217 times. What then? He's got guaranteed money. The Sox paid him because they want him to be the guy that he was in 2019. And what if that doesn't happen? So he's going to be a free agent. By the time, what, he's 30 again? Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, so if, say, he's a king and he just kicks some ass, he's a couple years under, like, you know, younger than Rendon when Rendon signed his, you know, crazy contract with the Angels this year. There's, I don't understand why people do this. I don't understand why people do this. Nothing is guaranteed. You don't know. You're going off of projections on what you think Yohan Mankata is going to be. Don't don't blame the Sox for talking to his agent and banging a deal out and giving him millions. I, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. They're not paying him pennies on the dollar here. He's had one substantial good year. And we were like, holy shit, that this could, you know, thank God. Because I, I remember everybody saying bust Kata back in 2018. Do you, are you guys on that boat with me? I, I remember like, it, I think, yeah. yeah. I think we all heard that shit. So then he comes, he does one good year, and we want to give him what? Like Machado money? 
or something? Like, is that what they is that what they want to do? Like these people that are questioning it. Let's see what he can do. He's going to be a free agent by the time he's thirty. He's getting a lot of bread right now. That's a lot of bread, dude. That's a lot of money. I think that the Sox did a good thing. I think it's good for Yoan Mankata's psyche because look what's going on on the north side of town. And I'm not trying to throw unnecessary shots out there because we're talking about White Sox baseball right now, not shitty baseball. I mean Cubs baseball. You know, so I I think that this is a good thing for player for team. I think it's a fair thing for player for team. These guys are all young. These guys are all not proven yet. And all these contracts that these guys have signed puts them as free agents again at a decent age, not old men. Hey, yeah. Nani, Nani, question. Yeah. Are we are we worried about Yohan Moncada not getting paid enough money? Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> obviously, sarcasm there. Uh, I'm with you, Buzz. I think you, you put it uh, together very well there, uh, just kind of giving some perspective on it. Um, first of all, on the comments, I didn't see it firsthand, so when you told me, Tony, that was the first time I really uh, – you know, heard about it. Um, people kind of making those rumblings, but there's always going to be those types of things on Twitter, man. Uh, people always want to spark a debate. Um, so I think it's inevitable no matter what. I mean, the guy could have gotten a very rich contract and people would be all up in arms about the overpay, uh, something like that. So um, I think there's always going to be at least takes like that out there. People just kind of also want to play devil's advocate uh, on some things. And one thing that I, I don't think a lot of people consider um, with, with this type of, you know, extension is that you're on, you aren't in the ne- negotiation room with Yohan Mankata, his agent and Rick Hahn in the White Sox front office brass. Um, they probably, you know, make him a pitch. They, they have to sell him on it, obviously. And they said, you know, we think you are a very, you know, central core piece of this team going forward. And this is what we're trying to build, lay out the plans for him, say, do you want to be a part of this? And here's let's work something out. If, if so, if that's the case, obviously he wants to be a part of this young core, uh, take this team and, you know, Rick Hans, you know, wants to win multiple championships. Um, it was a sustained success. Uh, that, that's what the buzzword always is that he says. Um, and Yohan Mankata is going to be a key part of that. Um, and then another thing is these guys, um, I, it was a Fegan article. I was just kind of really like skimming through, uh, getting some news for this podcast, uh, for our rundown, but I saw uh, a quote, I don't know if it was from Mankata or someone else, but they said, ain't nothing better than, um, you know, being comfortable in your workplace. So that like buzz, you had uh, hinted at it offers them a level of comfort, um, the stability, all of that kind of stuff. And then obviously the injuries, you cover that stuff, uh, pretty well there, buzz, um, you know, he's guaranteed that. So, uh, he's set even if something goes south. So, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about it. Um, I don't think that they, you know, finessed Mankata uh, out of more because like you said he's still going to be younger than Anthony Rendon when he hits free agency now at age 30 um, and he's probably going to get a massive payday whether that be from the White Sox or somewhere somewhere else around the league so um, no I don't think they screwed him over at all tone all right I just I wanted to I wanted your guys thoughts on this because I think we all have now expressed that we feel the same way about it um, I just, that, that type of thing bothers me a little bit because I, I go back to what Buzz said too, like guaranteed money is just so much better than, you know, going through the arbitration or he did suck. You're talking about a guy that, uh, isn't going to go get that kind of money. And this is generational wealth. You know, like we're, we're arguing about stuff that most normal human beings are never even going to touch that kind of dollar amount or earning power in their entire lives. And I just think that that's a little asinine personally, but uh, yeah, just, just, uh, I like you guys takes. Um, I think like, like you said, Johnny buzz, sum that up pretty well. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, guys, are you ready to move into uh, some of the second week of spring training action here? Let's do it. All right, yeah, so um, this past week of games, uh, we got our first look at Dallas Keuchel, first look at uh, Lucas Giolito, first look at um, Yasmani Grandal, too. So uh, some nice debuts there. Usually I'd save the injury stuff towards the end, but that kind of almost sums it up. I'll get to one that guy that's going to come up this next week, but that was Giolito Chest, uh, you know, finally coming back from that pitching and game action on Friday against the Cubs. Grandal, Caffey uh, caught in a B game early on in the week, had a couple of bats, um, and then he also started um, on Friday as well. And then um, I'll get to the guys that are set to, you know, other injury guys that are set to come back this next week. But l- l- let's review this week first, this past week. Um, just a quick rundown. Monday uh, on the 2nd of March, they lost 3-1 to against the Padres. Uh, Tuesday, the 3rd, uh, 6-5 loss against the A's. Wednesday, the 4th, it was a 5-1 win at the Brewers. Thursday, the 5th, 7-6 win versus the Rockies. Friday, the 6th. A 6-3 win at the Cubs. Love to see that. And Saturday, the 7th, uh, 12-7 loss at the Giants. And then Sunday, uh, today, I don't have the results pulled up. They were kind of starting this podcast. We got one in the book. We got one in the book. Uh, That was a winner. Uh, The game at San Diego then? Yeah, they beat the Padres. And then the other one was versus the Royals. Uh, The Royals were making a little bit of a comeback there last time I checked. Pretty sure um, we just closed that one out as a win as well. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. So uh, a couple more wins. So we had that uh, into the column then. Was that 10-6-1 now? 10-6-1, yep. There we go. I love to see it. So, um, guys, just thoughts from this second week uh, since we got a little bit more extended looks and obviously uh, we've got a bigger base to go off of now. Um, I guess I'll go. I mean, uh, love the way, you know, uh, Luis Roberts went playing. I wasn't discouraged by Keuchel's um, debut or anything like that. I mean, he, you know, he let up four earned runs, but, you know, he's just getting back into the swing of things here. You know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um there's a guy I do want to bring up that I thought has played really well, and that's been Nomar Mazzara, which, you know, he's he's yeah. doing pretty good. We we have to, you know, definitely acknowledge that. He's drawing walks. He's hitting the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's, like I said, a lot of things that I've been um, very, very impressed by by quite a few people here. Um, your uh, Mercedes, I always butcher the first name, so I'm not going to do it. It's just Mercedes, he, you know, <clears throat> he's looking very good. He's still hitting the shit out of the ball. He hit a home run today, uh, which was awesome. And then... Mr. Vaughn has the prettiest swing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm Wild thing. Yeah, that dude can swing the bat, and it's been a pleasure watching him play. Uh, you know, the last few days, like I, I, I love that kid. I love the way that he that he plays. It, it's pretty cool. So, other than that, you know, I, you got to like a ten six and one record. I know it's spring training. I'm not going to get over crazy about anything, but it's been fun for baseball to be back. And it's been fun to see these guys play and play with an edge. Yeah, Tony, uh, go with it, and then we'll get into standout strugglers like we did last week. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, one guy, uh, and we'll probably bring his name up, uh, is also having a quiet good spring here. In 22 at-bats, he's hitting 318, uh, OBP of 464. He's tied for the team lead in home runs with three. He's walked four times, uh, which is even with his strikeouts of four. Uh, seven hits. He's got uh, two extra base hits, scored twice. That's Chesler Cuthbert. Um, very, very White Sox. And, and can, can we go with hashtag that's so White Sox, Johnny? Yeah. yeah. You look at all the additions uh, from this offseason. Uh, he might be one of the top ones uh, from signings that uh, that's doing well in, in spring training. But um, yeah, I think, Buzz, uh, you hit on uh, Andrew Vaughn uh, really well there. The, the dude just hits. 
he mashes and, and it's to every every field as a pure hitter uh, number three overall pick I mean like in in the draft as a first baseman you need this kid to hit and I think he'll continue to do that um man he's really pushing that table I think a little bit I think uh what do we say he was going to start in, in high a ball or a ball I think yeah. just with a solid spring man I I really just I think he's pushing that double a uh start i really do i I think if he continues this uh double a is is where he starts uh this season so uh something to keep an eye on there but overall happy uh with uh with everything that's been done this spring i think i said it the other day even in spring training winning is cool and tough socks on tap rule number one i want to see the wins continue build that culture keep going yep love to see it tone um i'll just skim really quickly because you guys uh brought up some names and then we're gonna get into more names and standouts and strugglers but for me overall um i have to say i love being proven wrong and omar mazara did that this past week he had a, he had a uh, slow start he didn't get his first hit until i believe it was last saturday uh right before we recorded the last edition of sunday funday tony and um this week uh like buzz has said he's drawn walks he, he's hitting the ball he's you know getting on base so um like to see that and uh I, like i said i just love being proven wrong because i put out the take that there won't be a day that i don't bash nomar mazara um so you know <laughs> keep bashing him yeah that's i think you know <laughs> you, like, you have the crazy doing it, dude. you had the crazy marchese effect i gotta you know just keep rolling with that um i love the you know i made the gif of uh, one of his home runs and then uh dj replies he's like oh yeah he still sucks and i was like yeah yeah you're right you're right and we just got to keep that uh keep that negativity flowing then i guess yonder alonzo had a great spring johnny and you brought yeah. that up so yeah. you yeah. have to stay on him we can't just get like we can't just you know take this spring training success and, and and let it ride. You have to stay on him. You started it early. Uh, what was the question when you and I were doing the um, uh, the Sunday fun day episode, just with the fun stuff in there? And you said mm-hmm. like, when's the first time he's going to get bashed yeah. uh, from the guys in the one hundred eight or anybody who's sitting in section one hundred eight? Johnny, I think we need to bring you over there on opening day, and you can bash him, and this will continue. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that might have to be in the works. Um, I'll definitely at least uh, get over to the one hundred eight for a little bit on opening day. Um, Gonna gonna have to happen because we get we gotta have this guy uh, being productive if this is really gonna be the solution in right field uh, for the 2020 White Sox uh, and he could be you know it's ridiculous obviously it's a full team effort but think about it he could be a guy that makes or breaks us when it comes to a wild card possibility getting into the playoffs um, you know never know uh, if he can if he can get up and add you know what would he have like 0.7 more last year and he's a career 1.5 uh, B war that is. Um, if he can get up into that, like two ab- above two, I-, I think that, you know, it really could, it sounds crazy. And I know it's a full team game. You need production from everybody, but man, uh, there's nobody else there. Um, unless they're going to go outside the box. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, there's Nicky Delmonico kind of making a case for himself too. Uh, so, I mean, the, that could be an option at some point, but then again, the, he's a pure left-handed hitter. So there wasn't like a platoon guy that they brought in. So, um, that, that's just definitely something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Like you said, uh, mentioning Yonder Alonso when we were on the phone earlier, um yeah uh, last year i think he hit like four home runs in spring training and some of them were absolute bombs so uh and we obviously saw how that all played out it was dfa'd by july played uh, out real well do you know yeah. who leads the team in rbis right now through spring? adam adam angle, adam angle. Oh. <laughs> how many times is this guy gonna change his swing oh yes you watch your damn love, mouth i love nwi steve's uh tweet uh, it was like <clears> a video <throat> of one of his home runs and i was like well angles 270th swing change stick <laughs> oh god oh. He, he's in 27 at bat so he's had a healthy amount of at bats 370 379 uh on base percentage 
He's stolen a base. He struck out seven times. It's 11 RBIs right now and two homers for this guy. Uh, Ten hits. Two of them went for doubles, too. I mean, yeah. d- does he have a spot in right field? He's been getting a lot of right field. Oh, as, a, as a defensive replacement, absolutely. I still think, you know, <clears throat> and he'll probably get some games out there, you know, if they're going to spell Nazara. Um, uh, he's going to at least get a look. But I don't think you can count on that as a solution. How many times have we seen? He's, got, he's had plenty of MLB. But does this uh, fact... Does it factor into the 26-man discussion when you're talking about Yerman Mercedes versus Nicky Delmonico? When you have Adam Engel getting these kind of reps out there, you know Leary can play. If you're going into consideration here for the 26-man spot in the White Sox as we break camp, does Adam Engel play a role in whether or not you choose Nicky Delmonico or Yerman Mercedes? Because if Adam Engel is going to get most of the, most of the appearances there in right field, what do you need Nicky Delmonico for? Uh, I just I'm curious what you guys have to say about that. Uh, Nicky Flo Monaco will not be on the opening day roster. I I, I don't think so. At least um, Adam Angle. I mean, he's just doing this. This is like every year, aren't we talking about this? Didn't we talked about this last year too. I mean, the guy just comes out in spring training and he gives us a reason to believe in him again. You know, but I mean, he's none of you just said it before. You know, he's a great you know defensive uh, you know substitution there if we need him so it's just i, I don't know what they do man I, I think that he's on the roster though i don't know about you nani yeah i mean it sucks because all we have to go off is spring training performances and yeah you're right buzz sometimes it's not even spring training that we're talking about it's like he you know came back after being sent down or whatever it was last year and for two yeah. weeks like hit the cover off the ball and was getting on base like crazy um and then it, you know, dipped off again, back to his normal self, regressed to his natural state, if you will. Um, so, I it definitely is a factor, Tony. But um, I guess the only thing that's going to tell is a couple more weeks here, spring training. Um, honestly, I'm kind of excited for this down the stretch because those last four games that are down at the facilities that I'm going to be at, um, starting mid next week, those could be a huge deciding factor on who is actually going to make this thing. So. Um, yeah, definitely the factor. I don't know what to tell you right now. If I were to build my roster, I would probably put your Mercedes on it because I love dingers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, the long ball is cool and tough, and I, I just I think this one's going to be interesting. Um, and I think maybe Nick Madrigal um, plays into this as well, too. Um, whether or not he makes the roster mm-hmm. is going to have impact yep. on it. This is the first uh, spring training in a while, though, guys where we're talking about like who's going to be the most impactful piece and in that final roster spot. And I think that that's just pretty damn awesome that that's what we're talking about right now. Instead of like, Oh, well, who do we want to see get some at bats, you know? And, and it's nice. And I'm glad you're going to be down there for the, that last week there. Cause uh, yeah, it should be an interesting battle to see who, who ends up taking this one. Yeah. It's I, definitely nice, dude. It, I love that. The fact that we're not, like you said, going after who's going to be getting at bats. This is a good problem to have. <laughs> you know, this is a good problem to have. There's some talent there, you know, like, and it's nice to actually talk about it. Is is that so White Sox yet? Or, or like, how long do we have to wait before that becomes so White Sox? I think it's got to be a little bit more habitual. Like, obviously, this Rick, you know, I talked about Rick Hahn signing these extensions. That's habitual at this point. We've seen it so many times. Uh, we've seen, you know, tons of blown leads and stuff late. So that's so White Sox for sure, habitual thing. So as soon as we determine when it's habitual, because this is not yet, this is new for us uh, over the past couple of years. So definitely not that so White Sox yet. So, so that's so White Sox is in flux right now. 
Yeah, but you know the things that are there when they get in there, they stay for the most part, unless they have like a real big like you know culture change or performance change that uh, you know kind of undoes it. So that's that's what we're gonna have to roll with. Habitual will be the thing for that. So White Sox, you heard it here first. Yeah. Got it. Um, so talking about some of these guys, you know, we got into Adam Engel a uh, decent amount here, but other standouts from this week, uh, Luis Robert, uh, kid continues to hit Andrew Vaughn, uh, also hitting, uh, Zach Collins was showing a little power lately. I like to see that. Uh, obviously we mentioned Adam Engel, uh, the leader in RBIs for your, uh, Cactus League White Sox 2020. And then a guy that I have been really impressed with and he throws smoke, uh, Cody Hoyer. Um, I don't know if you guys have got a chance to watch him. I think he pitched a couple times uh, during this week, but uh, he's got a zero ERA. I think he's thrown five innings, struck out like, I want to say five or six, Um, but actually it might be four for Cody Hoyer there. Actually, excuse me, seven. I was underselling him. Yeah. Uh, and he actually, no, they, so he has given up two runs, but both of them were unearned and that's over five innings, uh, seven strikeouts. But I like guys that throw smoke too, because you can't teach that. You can't teach that. No, I agree. That's awesome. Um, I don't really know of anybody else that, I mean, are standouts. I do your strugglers list here on, on the rundown is why am I, I'm a little concerned and I, I do want to hear from Tony. on one of these guys on this list. If you guys, <laughs> do you guys, anybody else have any standouts or if you guys want to, elab- if you guys want to elaborate on the standouts at all, you can go ahead. If you had anything more to say about any of those guys, but if not, then we can move on to strugglers. I'm happy for Zach Collins. So I would definitely like, I'd like to throw that out there. I'm definitely happy for Zach Collins because, you know, it's nice to see him hitting the ball. He's, he is a good hitter. He has good plate presence. I think we knew this last year as well. So just hopefully this spring training is helping him gain confidence in whatever role he'll play for this franchise, or if he's a potential trade chip, that'll bring something of value back. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else to elaborate on with these guys. Oh, Tony, a couple, a couple, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. A couple names, of course. I, I, you know, I make this rundown, but of course, I only read the first line of it. Um, Nomar Mazzara, Luis Gonzalez, Steve Ciszek, and Zach Birdie were the other uh, standouts there. Nice to see Zach Birdie back too. That's another one I talked about. Uh, Cody Hoyer, you know, he brings us, you know, uh, power fastball, something you can't teach. Well, Zach Birdie had it, um, and it looks like he's finally working back into that, looking more like himself because he was off the grid for like a year and a half um, due to various injuries. So, um, happy for him too. Tony, uh, elaborate on any of those guys. Uh, Zach Collins is probably the only other name that I want to get into here. I think you just kind of stole the Zach Birdie stuff right out of my mouth. Um, seeing Collins go uh, opposite field today, very nice. Love to see that. And, of course, uh, Johnny, you just said it a minute ago, you love dingers. Uh, home runs are cool and tough. I like anything that gives me fireworks when I'm at the stadium. So uh, Zach Collins, opposite field bombs, uh, love it. Um, other than that, no, no. Uh, Good list of uh, standouts here through week two, um, and we'll get into the strugglers. Uh, Buzz, I'll turn it over to you here. Yeah, strugglers. So <laughs> one that kind of is concerning is Alex Colome because we were – I mean, I'm still on that train. I thought that he was great for us last year. Um, when he was not in safe situations, obviously, it was a little bit of a different story. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but this spring training thus far, he has just not been great, Bob. And uh, I, 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 like I said, I, I do not want to, you know, I definitely don't want to like get into, you know, overreacting or anything like that. I just, it's not a, it's not a good look to, to do that. But in three innings pitched, um, he's got an ERA of 21. Uh, he's let up nine hits, seven earned runs, uh, let up three long balls. 
in those three innings pitched. So it, it, it's, it's a little concerning. But, I mean, I think that he'll be okay depending on what situation he's thrust into within the bullpen once opening day hits. I just I do think that is a little bit concerning. So I just wanted to know what you thought because we were both on that train together last year. We both, you know, were big fans of Alex Colony. We all are here. So uh, with that being said, when you turn it over to the biggest one, it is the Tony rant time uh, concerning Alex Colomay, your weekly installment of it. <laughs> ah, let's crack a beer here and uh, sit down and we talk gotta about We got to come up Alex with a theme Colomay. song for this. Yeah. Let's talk about Alex Colomay. Um, You know, it's a good thing that the Yohan Moncada extension was signed like 15 minutes before Colomay <laughs> came into pitch because Stat Cult would be fucking ranting and raving about how – Alex Calame doesn't need to be the closer this year. Well, settle the fuck down, Stat Colt, because guess what? We haven't seen this guy <laughs> pitch in a save situation yet this spring. It doesn't fucking matter if Alex Calame goes out there and gives up 15 long balls in an inning. I don't give a shit. Let Alex Calame come out there at 35th and Shields and pitch in a game where the Sox are leading by three runs or less, and then let's talk about it. I do not hold any judgment against Alex Calame in any situation outside of a save situation. That's it. That's final. Let's get him there. Then we can talk. If he blows those saves early on in the season, okay. Let's take Aaron Bummer's spin rate and throw it in there too. I don't give a shit right now what Alex Calame does. Get him his reps right now. Let's get him into the actual regular season, and then let's talk. I'll say this every week on the podcast until we get there. Thank you. End of discussion. And that was Tony's rant. Was that good? Can we use that? Can we use that as the theme song? I'm going to write a theme song, and I would like that uh, edited in on the next podcast. Yeah, so, Buzz, the theme song is going to be uh, Let's Talk About Alex Calame with Tony on tap. So you come up with a little <laughs> jingle for that, and we'll right. uh, it, we'll, we'll get it stitched in here. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think Tony summed it up well. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think we're all here uh, on board the Alex Calame train. And, hey, we got to take a stand, stand the fuck up for what you believe in. Uh, we believe in Alex Calame. So that, that ends that discussion on it. But another guy um, in, in this one here, and I think it can kind of tie into Calame too because these veteran guys that, you know, I'm not saying they are allowed to slack during spring training, but they don't have like as much to prove like Nikki Delmonico and Adam Engel. And uh, some of these guys that are in our standout section, Zach Collins, they're fighting for a roster spot. Like Alex Calame is going to be on the roster. There's no like, you know, question about that. He's a veteran. Uh, another guy for that, this category then that leads into strugglers is Edwin Encarnacion still hit with hitless through uh, two weeks. I know he had that little bit of a uh, back stiffness that he scratched from a game, missed a couple. Um, but then, you know, he's been back in action. Uh, he hasn't recorded a hit yet. Sure. You'd like to see it, but at the same time, it's like Edwin's what 36 years old. He's been doing this for fucking forever, so I don't think that's anything to be too concerned about. Uh, I just wanted to you know make that known. Like I said not not that, and I don't think they're slacking. They're not, they're they're trying, but you know it's also let's tamper tamper things down a little bit. It's only spring training here. Um, but cool uh, the engines, cool yeah. the engines. Can cool we get the like engines. some? Can we get some Boston playing in the background. Let's cool the fucking engines right now. And Edwin Encarnacion. If any, if I see another. German Mercedes over Edwin and Canacion. On Twitter. Jesus Christ, people. Let's let's cool the engines just a little bit. Cool them down. Well, can um, you believe that Edward and Carcione has held hitless so far through spring training and he got twelve million dollars and he's gonna be the designated DH? Meanwhile, we have a twenty-eight-year-old minor leaguer who's never sniffed the major leagues hitting <laughs> bombs down there, and he's not gonna get an opportunity because we signed a dinosaur. I've seen those tweets. Those tweets are fucking stupid. They're lame and weak because last time I checked, I think Garcione has been hitting bombs consistently his whole career, but especially since 2012. 
guy hasn't had 30 home runs or less since then. I think I think it's been fewer than 32, Buzz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, this it's is been, just yeah, fewer than 32. Spring yep. training overreactions happen, but like, oh my god. Yonder Alonso had a great spring. We were just fucking talking about this a few yep. minutes ago. And now all of a sudden, like, Edwin Encarnacion is over in, like, what, like three or four appearances? And all of a sudden, everybody's just like, let's dump this guy? Give me a fucking break. Let Cool the engines again. And, and let's get this guy to the regular season and actually see what he does in the regular season. There's some, there's some things in spring training that you, you want to see. And, like, I, I look at spring training more as, like, I'm looking at guys like Zach Collins or Luis Robert or, like, players that I haven't seen play a lot, Nick Madrigal, um, that type of stuff. I, I could give a shit about what Jose Abreu does in spring. I mean, are you guys watching Jose Abreu closely? I'm no. not. Well, you said so you're watching what? for those other guys, and I watched some bullpen pieces to see what we yeah. could have in the future for emerging uh, diamonds in the rough type uh, for bullpen pieces or fuck future starters for that matter. Um, and then I also look at, like you had said, those fringe guys um, or guys that have something to prove. Yeah, yeah, and you, you brought it up uh, right when we got into this discussion, like guys that don't have to worry about their roster spot. They're they're I wouldn't say going through the motions. But they're they're just getting their work in, and I think that there's also a lot of emphasis and stuff that you don't see on the TV screen or hear on the radio feed or whatever that's going on in the background. You know, how are they responding in uh, drills and batting practice and and reps in the weight room and all that other type of stuff? Are they going to be in good health and and physically ready to go for the season versus what their performance actually is in spring training. That's what matters more. I think just that's my take on it, but man, like if, if we're, if we're taking players for our baseball team this year, you know, you got to feel the roster. I don't think anybody in their right mind takes German Mercedes over Edwin Encarnacion. I just think that's just, yeah. Meatball like, take of the day right there. Yeah, meatball takes are going to return. We'll get to that in the fun stuff. But, yeah, uh, I'm totally with you on that, Tony. Um, like you said, let's cool the engines. Cool the engines here. Um, but there are a couple other strugglers. Uh, those are the two big ones to talk about. But Bernardo Flores, Jose Ruiz, and Tyler Johnson, some bullpen pieces. You know, I talk about guys that I watch, things that I'm really looking for more than, you know, the other, you know, whatever, the main guys that are already locked down. Um, there's guys like these, I mean, Jose Ruiz has raw stuff. Like I just said it earlier. You can't teach that, you know, throwing smoke, he throws smoke, but he's so wild. Uh, he, you know, walks batters. He, uh, he got a little taste of it in uh, the big leagues last year. Uh, he had a really good performance against Detroit in extra innings, I believe in that like July 3rd walk-off game and the second one of the doubleheader. I always remember that. And you're like, Oh my God, this guy, if he, you know, stays accurate, he could be a legitimate piece in the bullpen, but instead his ERA is through the roof. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson's in that too. People talked about him being a possible sleeper coming up at some point throughout the year when injuries inevitably happen. Um, He's going to have a lot to prove then uh, through the rest of the spring and at Charlotte. And then uh, Bernardo Flores is one that kind of gets, you know, uh, touched on there, too, um, because he is a lefty. Um, but he's had a little bit of a rough go of it as well. So uh, I just wanted to uh, round that out with those because I do in, like keep an eye on the minor league uh, bullpen arms. So um, that, that does it. Buzz, you got any final comments on strugglers before I do injuries in the week ahead here? No, sir. 
All righty. Uh, let's get into the injuries. I'd already mentioned Giolito, uh, Grandal debuting. Uh, you know, Keiko, it wasn't an injury, but he debuted this week too. Um, so both of those guys are back, all good to go, like they uh, had hinted at before. Uh, those minor injuries were only keeping them out week one, and that is exactly what happened. So um, nothing to be worried about there. Um, and then another guy who was uh, part of that early one, um, I guess it lasted in the second week here, but uh, he's a veteran guy as well that we talked about. Um, he's already, you know, locked down for a spot. Um, we'll told, you know, be on the roster of free agent signing. Gio Gonzalez finally set to debut Wednesday. Uh, I believe Rick Renteria said he will throw after Giolito uh, when Giolito makes his second start of the spring on Wednesday. And then uh, Jace Fry, another guy on that. He had some uh, back uh, pain that he was dealing with. He is set to return on Wednesday and throw uh, in relief. So that does it for the injury front there. Um, just looking at the week ahead, the schedule, Monday the ninth uh home against the reds that's a dylan c start uh tuesday the 10th home against the rangers Kopak is starting guys i can't wait for that one we'll talk about him in a second but i'll run through the rest of the week wednesday the 11th at the rockies uh giolito starting uh gonzalez will throw after him fry will throw an inning of relief too as i had mentioned um no pitching schedule for the rest of the week they're off on thursday the 12th uh, another Cubs game, uh, this time at the Ranch, Camelback Ranch, uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, home against the Cubs. And then the 14th, another home one against the Dodgers, Battle of Camelback Ranch. And then uh, next Sunday, right before we jump on this call once again for another episode of Sunday Fun Day, it'll be at the Mariners, guys. So um, fun week uh, ahead. Definitely excited to see uh, Gio Gonzalez finally back in. But I think the one that everybody is looking forward to most is Michael Kopech. I'm I'm nothing short of thrilled about the first two uh, for next week. Uh, tomorrow being Monday, I'm I, I will love watching Dylan Cease pitch. He had a pretty good outing his last time. Well, it was he had five strikeouts. I think it was in three innings, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And then now having Kopech come in, uh, I've listened to his interviews across different, um, you know, Chicago sports media outlets here, and he just seems laser focused, locked in. I'm excited, man. And then you hear how all of his teammates talk about him. You you, you hear that the, the speed is still there. The ferociousness is still there. You know, like he's, he's, he's good to go. I'm, I'm just, I'm very excited for Tuesday. I think it's going to be awesome. And I am not need to piggyback off what you said too. I'm very excited to watch Gio Gonzalez throw after uh, Giolito on Wednesday as well. I think that we have a really cool and tough three days of White Sox baseball on the pitching end of things. Yeah. I dude, Yeah. Kopak. I mean, Man, we haven't seen this kid pitch in over a year now, and I think everybody's been waiting for it. And 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 uh, you talk about the ferociousness and like stuff you can't teach. That's stuff that Michael Kopech has. Um, I, I I don't expect him to go more than probably two three innings, and I don't think anybody does. But uh, just getting to see him back on the mound in a White Sox uniform is going to be a treat enough. Um, so definitely, that's uh, appointment viewing right there for for all Sox fans. Yeah, Tony, I hope that he does go two to three, but I could also uh, don't be disappointed if it's only one. Uh, you know, Giolito comes out and he only throws one in that debut against the Cubs on Friday. So uh, just tempering expectations here. Cool the engines, I guess, is what is going to be our uh, phrase here. Very cool and tough Boston song as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, totally excited. And I'm excited to see the new approach, guys, um, because obviously, you know, the, sp- the speed is still there. I mean, he, that's just the way that he's built. And even after the Tommy John, he's had plenty of time to recover from it. He's been at full goal throwing sidelines ever since pitchers, catchers reported. 
it. So uh, doing his work, you know, even through instructs last October. So it's not like uh, it's going to be like the first time and, you know, first time for us watching him in White Sox action there. But uh, he has been, you know, working back into this thing. So it'll be good to finally see in a game. But, um, you know, obviously the fastball is still going to be there, but he's focusing more on command control, uh, being a smarter pitcher, being a more mature pitcher. So um, the interested to see uh, that actually play out in, in a game. So uh, definitely a lot of fun stuff to watch. Um, Giolito, again, would expect that they uh, stretch him out a little bit longer, maybe even if that's only two, three innings. Um, but I would expect him to throw a little bit more there. And Gio Gonzalez would probably only throw one. So that's just my predictions for it. So it uh, should be a fun week, a uh, fun week of baseball. And then obviously we got that Cubs game Friday. Uh, always cool and tough to beat the Cubs. Uh, nice to get one at their place on uh, last Friday. So uh, let's duplicate that again um, out of Camelback Ranch then this Friday the 13th. So, um, as I'd mentioned, the schedule only runs through Wednesday, the pitching schedule that they had there. So, um, stay tuned to the Sox on tap Twitter account. We'll uh, get the beat reporters, uh, tweet retweeted from it. Um, keep you updated on all that stuff going forward. So guys, Sunday, fun day, time for the fun stuff here. Um, this week I wrote an article over at ontapsportsnet.com and it was called the White Sox game day preparation guide. Um, we've talked about it on Chai Sox weekly episodes, Tony. Um, you know, we talk about tailgating stuff here all the time on Sox on tap. And then uh, Hayes, you know, loyal listener here of Sox on tap had uh, gotten, you know, my, uh, uh, my replies and asked me about putting possibly a guide together um, for, you know, how I, you know, cause we always talk about the backpack, the infamous backpack, Tony cue up the backpack song. Um, but I wrote it out and put every, you know, said every item that's on there and also a little bit of tailgate prep uh, stuff there. Um, but if you haven't seen that, go and check it out. Um, if you want to bolster your ballpark experience, uh, you know, proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. That's the whole thing there. So um, I won't get too much more into that. Just go and check I, out the article. I want to get into it for a little bit here, Johnny, uh, real quick. Did, did you see, uh, I think it was Pete Hand. Yeah, it was Pete Hand had mentioned that the uh, the Sox now have a bag check um, on the map oh, around yeah. uh, uh, guaranteed right field. Uh, any any thoughts from you on potential uh, no longer being able to bring the backpack in? What's that going to do to you well, if, if that the, is the case? Yeah, if that happens, I'll be pissed. Uh, I'll probably have to end up bringing stuff in a clear bag. Uh, ain't going to stop me as long as you can still bring outside food, and I'm still bringing peanuts and sunflower seeds in, so I will always bring those in. Um, that won't stop me, but there is, like you'd said, there is a bag check, but that's nothing to be worried about because all the bags that you've been able to bring in in the past, I believe it's 16 by 16 by eight or something like that. Soft sided bags are still allowed. So drawstrings, yes. uh, smaller backpacks, that's still all good. So that doesn't really affect me because mine is a smaller soft sided backpack. Uh, that's what I bring in. So, um, so you're not you bringing know. a giant, you're not, we're not talking giant backpacks here, like big luggage size backpacks, just regular no. size backpack. Yeah, I guess, you know, bring up the bag check for just from a ballpark experience standpoint, say you're coming from work or whatever, you get off the red line or something, or you just had like something bigger that you want to check uh, and you can't bring it into the ballpark if it's hard sided or something. There is a bag check. I believe it's at the front of lot C or maybe at the very like base, uh, like, you know, right behind home plate uh, by that like stadium club entrance. I think Um, it's one of those. If you just go and look at the map uh, that's in the uh, in the article that I wrote, um, you'll see where that bag check is. I want to say it's at the top, at the very north end or south end of lot C. But um, yeah, that's another thing. I, I've had buddies come from work and they, you know, have a hard case for their laptop or a briefcase or something. You can go and check that stuff there. But uh, as for me, uh, my means here uh, does not affect it. Don't. Good. I just wanted I wanted you to clear that up for the listeners. Um, 
uh, I think that was important. Um, and Buzz, just just for you, uh, have you heard the backpack song a lot recently? Yeah, I, I actually uh, I actually just uh, sang the backpack song about an hour before we got on to record Socks on Tap because Could, we uh, Ren has a little pink white socks backpack now. Can you sing the backpack song for us? Backpack, 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 backpack. All the things that Naughty wants to bring in the park, he cannot now. Because the White Sox are lame and we can't have a back check for you. You didn't even hear what I said, man. Don't affect me. <laughs> just that don't kidding, affect man. me. <laughs> don't affect now, me, now bro. Just, now just bring it back, bring it back with, uh, you know, Naughty can bring it into the into the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, I have to remix that. I'll, I'll remix it. Yeah. Uh. I just yeah. Look at look at Nani yeah. badass over here. Hey, you can't bring that backpack in. Hey, guy, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Don't I wrote an article back. about a preparation guide. I'm bringing the damn backpack in. Yeah, I'll be a hypocrite if I'm not able to. So, um, <laughs> yeah. All the people who read that article are gonna like show up on opening day with a fucking backpack, and they're gonna get there and they'll be like, no, take that to bag check. <laughs> the line at the fucking bag check is gonna be like, like longer than the lines to get in the park because you wrote this guide. Everybody <laughs> wants to bring all this shit into the stadium now, and it's gonna be your fault. Hey, I'm just trying to I'm tr- I'm trying to prevent co- coronavirus, guys, because I did put a mini bottle of hand sanitizer as one of the items on that list. So um, th- that was a, one of the points. Like I said, maybe I'm just a gerbophobe, but um, it's just better for your health and everybody else's health if you use a little bit of hand sanitizer after that half-ass rinse with just water in the bathroom that you call washing your hands. Um, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to be, you know what I'm going to do, Tony, when when you come down to the 140, I'm just going to start spraying you with hand sanitizer then. Just me? No, 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 I'm saying Jesus Christ to the fact that, like, we're talking about bathroom etiquette now. Like, and, and this is just bringing up some United Center stuff with the uh, the the lack of picking a lane at the UC drives yeah. me up the wall. I can't wait for the fucking opening day. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, everyone needs a, you know, I wrote the thing on the uh, preparation guide for what you need to bring into the game. Um, my sex summer over at from the 108, it was like, I think like before 2017, he wrote one about the, uh, you know, choose your lane, the, that thing, and really drove that home and gave some nice graphs and stuff. So uh, he's got you covered on that front. I'm sure he, he'll repost that thing closer to opening day. I think he did last year, too. So um, that, that's the, that's got that covered. But yeah, p- pick your pick your lane. If you're using the bathroom at the rate on opening day, let's let's make this easier for everybody. Pick your lane. Sometimes people go faster than other people. You know what? That sucks. You pick and if, if you're a bad judge, them. if you're a bad judge of who's going to take longer like that, I think that alone is a problem. Like yeah, that's your fault. If you get in line behind like the guy that's like 75, just know you're going to be there for a little bit longer. <laughs> just uh, yeah. only you can help yourself from not making bad decisions. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get, let's get a few more. Uh, you a shirt that says that here. buzz. Hey, you need that. Yep. Don't get lost. Well, only you can keep yourself from getting lost at the game. Oh, wait, buzz. do we need a leash? Twice. Wait, wait a second. Do we need a leash for Buzz for opening yeah. day? I think I we hoping, do. I was hoping that died last year, and then you stupid bastards bring it up again. Okay, well, I disappeared twice. Well, you, you're, you're not Yeah, but opening day, there's large crowds, so I'm actually, now I'm getting a little worried about you. Yeah, so <laughs> what are we going to have to hold the leash at the tailgate, and then your father-in-law is going to have to hold it during the game? Is that... He's putting his father-in-law in charge the whole time, but I want one of those, like, you know, like, the, the it, we need to make it, like, kid-friendly for Buzz. Like, with, are, like, we, a little are we mon- bringing the flagpole? They have, like, a little monkey on the back or something, like, you know, oh, what I mean? like, harness yeah. monkey leash for Buzz. But we're going to... Ch- 
Yeah, we're yeah. going to bring the flagpole and we're going to chain you to it. Yeah, I was just saying, just tie me to the flagpole so that way you will, you'll, you'll, like, I won't disappear. You'll know where I'm at. You'll see the flag just starting to move, like, <laughs> towards Lot C at some point. Yeah. It means Buzz is, like, 25 feet away from it. Add a special list or a special item to the preparation guide that I will have to bring a uh, something to pee in. Because if you guys tag, you know, tie me to the fucking flagpole i'm not gonna be able to <laughs> yeah we'll get you to we'll, we'll get you we'll get you a bucket <laughs> yeah i appreciate it i'll just pee in the bucket i mean piss is sterile and then i'm gonna need that hand sanitizer as well to myself because i will not be able to wash my hands yeah so. there you go i'll have the hand sanitizer for we're you, all so. prepared. <laughs> we're, we're prepared all right well yeah, what, what else we got here in the fun stuff the the return of meatball takes there's a good one uh there's been a couple not as prevalent and obviously when more real games start we'll have them flying um and use that great gift tony uh with the um lady serving the plate of meatballs um and you know the hashtag meatball take of the day uh today's was andrew kinsler our guy uh damn contributor and akins uh he said jessler cuthbert for mvp um you know you talked about him uh for someone that was surprising uh and being one of the signings that's really performing in spring training here um the guy is lighting it up from an offensive standpoint but i thought those hilarious and i can't wait to get roll some more meatball takes out there guys you got any meatball takes for us today uh today buzz uh you uh I, well i did it before we got into the fun stuff like my main meatball take of the day is we're gonna bring up a 28 year old minor leaguer to replace edward and carcio Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that yeah. that was my meatball take of the day. Like he should come up because, you know, Edwin has not recorded a hit in spring training yet, and Mercedes is hitting the cover off the ball, so he should be handed the DH spot, and that's my final answer. Okay. Oh, yeah, but... Austin Dizik uh, on Feb twenty fourth. Edwin Encarnacion is a bust. I like. I don't even know if I have the strength to get through this one, uh, but White Sox sale actually. Hashtag meatball take to that. So, nice. There you go. Good job, uh, yeah. Sal. Yeah. If you, if, you, if, you, if you see one, point it out to us. Use hashtag meatball take of the day and uh, or just hashtag meatball take and, uh, you know, tag us oh. in it. And we'll, oh, we'll my God. I got one. I just, I just one? found one. I just found a meatball take of the day, guys. White Sox fans don't want don't want to let Zach Collins go. They're like that mother whose son is 32 but still lives at the house and she calls him baby. <laughs> that's from well, King Mac. Oh Jesus Christ! Zach Collins is twenty three, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and he was he was an eighth overall draft pick. People, um, we Hashtag. want a draft pick. We want a draft pick to hit. Um, <laughs> I would say you're talking about that that instance. I know he's still fairly young, but uh, Jordan Lazowski's obsession with Carson Fulmer. You just don't want to let it go. Oh, that's, let's I get into care. this one real quick because I love talking about Jordan Lazowski on these podcasts and his takes. Um, that, that should be a meatball take in and of itself right there is Jordan Lazowski's love for Carson Fulmer. And b- before, before we get really deep in the weeds here with this, Carson Fulmer would probably be like a, a Cy Young candidate after I get done with this one. Yes. Uh, just because Lucas Giolito went off and did the same thing. But are you fucking kidding me, Jordan? I hope you're listening to this right now. Carson Fulmer, let it go. Let it go. Buzz, you're, you're, you've got daughters. You know the Frozen Sock. Can you sing Let It Go for me for a second here? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to partake in this because, as you both know, I, uh, I have a hard time letting Carson Fulmer go as well. No, no, no. I, you just, just do it for the effect as I, as oh. I go. <clears throat> let it go, Jordan. Yes. Let it go. Yeah, I can't do it. There you go. That, that was perfect. Carson Fulmer has been 
just historically horrendous. Um, I, I don't even know if he has any options left. Why Why is that still a thing for Jordan? You, you claim your victory on Lucas Giolito, but give it up on Carson Fulmer. Fuck's sake. He's <laughs> has no business being part of this roster. Just absolutely terrible. I, terrible. He went to driveline. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he, he went to driveline. Drive yeah. This is stat this is has stat. Yeah, I was gonna say this has elements of stat cult and meatball takes. This is like stat cult meets meatball takes meets White Sox Black Mirror again. This uh, is a this like, is a hybrid some, that we cannot deal with. In some alternate universe, Johnny, Carson Fulmer is the number one in a White Sox rotation. And Walker Bueller's a bust. They've yeah, Walker Bueller's a bust, and the Sox have gone to the playoffs the last three years in a row because Carson Fulmer is just a fucking like ace. Carson Fulmer in this universe, in the in the real universe that we're living and breathing and talking about right now, is a bust. He's not even a, a valid bullpen piece at this point in time. Um, untradeable has like no value to this roster. I don't even know. But Jordan, please let it go. I just wanted to chime in here. Uh, just in spring training, has performed uh, somewhat respectively. Uh, 7.1 innings pitched over five games. Uh, two earned runs. Uh, has allowed one home run. Walked three, but struck out six. Uh, opponents hitting 250 against him, and that's a 245 ERA for Fulmer. And I know, um, you know, so, some guys like to hang on to the spin rate and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've just seen enough. Uh, there, there comes a time where you just gotta say enough is enough, and I've done it. Uh, that came like two years ago <laughs> with me uh, and Carmen, Carson Fulmer. So. Um, mine, uh, if we're going to get, you know, this started all with meatball takes, then spiraled a little bit into that. Um, but I have one meatball take. I just thought of it as we were kind of discussing here, Tony. Um, I would like paper tickets back. Yes. Yes. I, I know. That. And you know, all right, so here's people, I saw some yeah. people on Twitter this week getting their, their ticket boxes. Yeah. That, that so, was, that's cool and tough shit. Yeah. Paper so, cool so first of all, there, there's a couple sizes. First, I just want to say that. I do enjoy the convenience of being able to send things easily for the electronic ticket. So I'll give that credit. Um, but there's times when Lappy is like really crowded um, and I didn't have my tickets pulled up like before I got in that I've like had to stand out by the gate and like wait for that thing to load um, just because so many people are trying to do the same thing at once. And there's a lot of people uploading pictures, videos, whatever cell area gets, you know, kind of zapped um, when a lot of people are in a big crowded space. So, um, th- that, that's just one like drawback to it that I've had. And then I also, for the memories, man, the nostalgia, I'm looking up here as I'm recording guys, I have a cork board and I'm looking at the tickets from the AJ drop third strike game. Um, and it's got the ALCS logo on it. Really cool. Um, you know, uh, just brings up good memories every time I see it. Whereas now what am I going to do? Take a screenshot of it and print it. Yeah. That has the same effect. Yeah. You know, paper tickets, man, I, I was one of three season ticket holders to have paper tickets for the Chicago bears this year. And what was awesome. This was the first year the bears launched this where the, everything was on, you know, on your phone and the home opener, um, against the Packers, every, no one's phone would load, dude. And I had paper tickets. I mean, that's why they're awesome. I just got to walk right into the goddamn stadium. Just went, you whoop. Right in, went and got a beer, went to my seat and chilled. I, I, I love paper tickets. I hate the fact that they're on um, on our phones, but like you did say, Nani, they're way easier to, to, uh, to you know, sell or get rid of if, they, if you could just, you know, email it to somebody instead yeah. of having to meet up. But 
I, I like paper tickets for another reason that you just said too, is I have all my tickets right over there mm -hmm. and uh, it's in a little container I have. Yeah. I have all my tickets from every game that I've been to, like, you know, that means something to me. And I, that's why I like them. Yeah. It just nostalgia I, a lot. There, there's, there's two sides of the coin. Cause like I, I had mentioned some of the things that I do enjoy about the, uh, you know, in the parking pass too, sometimes my dad will take it. So if he's, you know, uh, somewhere else, I can just send it to him. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I will say there is a level of convenience, but there's also a level of, you know, uh, inconvenience, like you said, when it won't load. So I just wanted to make that clear. Here, uh, here's a solution to the whole problem. You get the, you get both, right? Like if, if you, if you want the mobile ticket, and and the digital ticket, you can have the digital ticket, but then for the the memorabilia or the nostalgia standpoint, you should be able to take that and go to guest services and have them print you a ticket. You know, if you want to bring that home, that, that's something to look into. I don't know if you can do that or not. I, I, there can't. might you be a service. The only the only, the only the only way to get the the paper ticket, from my understanding, is you have to be a season ticket plan holder and you have to pay an extra fee. In order to get the paper tickets mailed to you, fucking bullshit, man. Like, I just the Bulls I did the like, same I thing this year with it, you know, because yeah. I, I do the same thing as I, I I do the same thing as you, Buzz. Like, I got a whole case of 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 ticket stubs from when I was a kid, and I've got autographs on some of them. Like that, like if you didn't have a ball or whatever to get autographed, like what what are you gonna have autograph? Autograph the ticket stub. Like it's just something there. It's it's something that's, mm -hmm. that's cool, and you can. You know, just make like a, a memorabilia book or whatever yeah. games that you went to. Johnny, I mean, like I, I, the, the most valuable ticket to me right now, one of them is the ticket stub. We only have one of them. It was it was my wife's ticket from the Sox Cubs game. Yes. Where you and I went uh, together. You bought your tickets online. Trojan had his his tickets online. I had mine online. And Jen, my wife actually had a paper ticket to the Sox Cubs game that after the game, we started talking about doing this whole on tap sports net thing for it was conceived. I've, yeah. It was basically where this whole entire uh, idea and concept of our, our website and everything was conceived. And I have one paper ticket from that and, and I found it like just randomly, uh, probably like three weeks ago or whatever. I, t I texted you a picture of it. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Holy shit. Like, and there's there's no other like thing from that day. Like I don't save bar receipts, right? But I've yeah. got this ticket stub from this game that we went to, basically on a whim. You didn't even have tickets to it mm -hmm. until about thirty minutes before. Yeah, I have this ticket stub, and I'm saving that shit because eventually I want to frame it. Like the like the whole idea of having that memory of that game and like your first ticket stub. I still have my first ticket stub from the first Sox game I ever went to. And I just look, I look at, I look at generations, like my, my kids and everything. like, they don't have that. I don't have anything from my, like my son's first game, like a ticket stub or something to even say that it was his first game. I know they print out the, uh, the, uh, like first game yeah. certificate. Yeah, I got that for my daughter. I don't, I don't even know if they were doing that like five years ago. I, I have no idea, but I don't have one from, from that. And I think that that's just a loss. And, and I, I I really like your take there. Meatball take of the day. I think that wins it right there. Go back yeah. to paper tickets. I, I was going to say, just waiting for the first OK Boomer reply to this episode. So we'll look out uh, for that, as Shy Sox John would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything left here in fun stuff? Oh, is the book already out on Little Nicky Madrigal, guys? Uh, this tweet Little came Nicky. from... Terry Dillard. See, uh, that's that's what's gonna at, get us in trouble now, Nani. At at T Diggity Five. I had to say it because we of haven't the, uh, because we of haven't, the content of this tweet. That's why that's why I said Little Nicky Madrigal. I'd usually just refer to him by his regular name, but 
the outfielders are pulled in like it's a little league game and the worst kids up. It really is, guys. Tony, you brought this to our attention, so elaborate. Oh, man, I'm going to need another beer for this one. And you're like, this. The Buzz says this is what's going to get us in trouble. I think we've caused enough trouble on this episode. I think we've called out more shit today than... I think we caused enough trouble over the last yeah. season, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we talked a little bit about this tweet before we started, but, like, I, I, Johnny, I think it was you, was like, you know, what's the, the most demeaning thing you can do is, like, when the coach in Little League comes in, he's like, infield in, or outfield in, you know, yeah. take five more steps, and he's waving his arms, and he's, like, trying to call, like, you know, you got the center fielder out there who's barely paying attention, or I should say the right fielder, um, but you're like, come on, move it in, move it in, move it in, they keep moving in, but it's still not far enough, that's what this picture looks like. The outfield is basically, <laughs> like, ten feet off the fucking diamond, and Nick Magical's up to bat, like, that... I just can't wait for that first game. It's like you're sitting out there in the outfield and you can see the, you can actually read the Jersey last name of the outfielder. You're not going to be able to read the last name on the outfielder's Jersey <laughs> when the magical comes up to bat. Cause they're going to be so fucking close to the infield. And is the book already written on them? I don't know, but if they're calling in the outfield on spring training, you know, you look at his hit charts there's not a lot of stuff that flies out to the uh, towards the warning track or the wall. So I, I just I worry that uh, you're going to have the outfielders called in and you're not going to get away with some of those slap singles like you normally wouldn't maybe triple A or, or double A. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I would assume that uh, most defenses would would adjust to him. But I think at the major league level uh, with major league pitching, um I don't know. It's just worrisome. So I'll turn it over to you guys. I'll take it, Nani. Yeah, I mean, this is concerning for sure because if he's, if he's been figured out in spring training, what's going to happen during, uh, you know, the regular season on opening day or whether or not he's up, you know what I mean, when he, whenever he gets up to the show. But uh, I'm going to try not to overreact about this. I'm just going to try to, uh, you know, I mean, he put on some muscle, man. He's looking – He's looking good, so you know I'm hoping the best, that best shape of his life, Buzz. Yeah, I've I've, I've heard that as well. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't want to see Nick Madrigal fail. I I hope that he is you know he he's good. We've seen in uh, spring training, you know he's made contact. I mean he what I really think he needs to work on is the guy like for the longest time didn't get through like three pitches in a in a sequence. I mean he was swinging at the first pitch every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How many times he's actually, I think he's only, I don't know if he's even walked in spring training yet. I don't think he has. He hasn't walked yet either. So, I mean, he struck out twice in uh, 25 plate appearances. So, I don't know. But, yeah, the the power thing with him is definitely a huge concern. And if he's being figured out in spring training, it might not be great. So, I'm going to uh, barricade myself in the basement here in the Buzz Cave now so the magical people don't come and fucking kill me. But I'm a little, I am a little worried, I guess. But I'm, I'm not ready to dive off the deep end, uh, manageable. Yeah, no, uh, I just had to word it the way I did when I brought up this topic, just because it was funny and I saw an opportunity, so I <laughs> took it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the the thing is, the watch here is going to be also look at this line shirts, you know, the limited reps here in spring training, but uh, no doubles yet for him. So um, that if he truly is going to beat that and make them respect him, let's see some gap power. Let's see, you know, get one out to that gap. It doesn't have to be, you know, like a bomb shot, just a you know nice line drive into the gap because he's fast as hell. He can turn one of those things into a triple if they're playing that far in, man. Um, 
So th- that's what I want to see. I guess that's just gives me more to analyze on him. Uh, obviously, if other teams are analyzing him and adjusting their defense accordingly or how they think it should be played. So um, he's going to have to work to earn that respect then. Uh, I, I guess that's the bottom line here for me. So, I mean, no, I'm not worried about it. Um, but it is, you know, for all the jokes that they write themselves just because of his height and all of that, um, he's, he's got to prove it wrong. He's probably had to do it his whole life. So let's hope, hope he can uh, turn that uh, switch on in the big league level. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to root against people and, and hopefully the crazy Marchese, you know, curse or whatever that is, jinx. Uh, comes back uh, and and bites me in the ass on this one, but I just uh, it it's really hard to think that he's going to have as much success in the major league level than he's had so far throughout his career, especially with you know we we've seen the extreme shifts. I want him to have enough power in his game to warrant the outfielders playing at least at normal depth, so that he can succeed with just dropping bloop singles in and Kansas city specials and all that bullshit. But you have to be able to hit consistently enough to the gaps or have enough power to put it over the outfielders heads once in a while to, to at least warrant them to move it back a little bit. Uh, and then you can play your game. So if you're already moving in on the guy in spring training, I just, I don't know. That's a bad sign for me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to monitor. I, I'm going to be looking for some extra base hits. Uh, th- that's going to be my biggest thing. Uh, I kind of drove that home, but um, that, that's all I've got to leave you with on this. Uh, that picture, we'll, we'll throw it in the thread of these uh, so you guys know what we're referencing. Uh, we'll throw it in the tweet thread when we post the episode. But that was from uh, Terry Dillard at TDiggity5. Uh, on Twitter. So uh, shout out to him for because he was out there actually at spring training and took that picture in person as he's sitting on the right field line. So um, shout out to him. Uh, speaking of shout outs here, uh, let's get into our socks on tap shout outs, guys. Uh, Buzz, you've been off for a couple weeks, so um, uh, I'll let you start with yours. Um, I guess my socks shout out this week is going to go to Hayes. I don't know if he's been shouted out yet, but I, I like Hayes. He's a funny guy. Um, he's knowledgeable about baseball. He's very non-argumentative, which is nice too. He listens to opinions. He understands people's opinions, and I, I like that about him. So I'm gonna go uh, Hayes as my as my shout out this week. He's a good follow. He's a good dude, and I'm looking forward to cracking a couple beers with him on he also, day. He also prompted the um, game day preparation guide that came out. So yeah, uh, I'll double right. uh, double in on that, Tony. Uh, I know socks on tab shout outs are supposed to go to Sox fans who've done something on Twitter that like we like or whatever, go follow this guy. Um, but my socks on tap shout out this week is going to take a little bit of a different tone. Um, we all know who shy socks. John is John has got a brother by the name of Brandon, uh, Brandon Suarez at B Don 300. And today he decided to go on Facebook and pull some sort of what's supposed to be, a meme against the socks or whatever. We got this whole coronavirus thing going on. He says to avoid the coronavirus this summer. Sorry, you actually have to click this thing because he didn't crop it. And we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> to avoid the coronavirus this summer. Dot, dot, dot. Chicagoans should attend socks games to avoid large crowds. Um, there's so much wrong with this. Uh, first off, socks is spelled S O C K S. <laughs> so I, I didn't know the Sox S O X had changed their name to S O C K S. 
um, in the last 24 hours. Uh, but of course, you have like a picture of like an op- like the opening day rain out makeup game from oh, I believe like 2017. They're uh, uh, yeah, they get their one picture a year, like we talked yes, about, Tony. Yes, yes. So um, this isn't really much of a shout out, except for the fact that this gave me enough entertainment today because he got ratioed to hell uh, on this one. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the the fact that you know there's like as much black space on the top of the bottom of this image. Um, is is just warranting enough. Uh, our guy Pat Kamiski had replied with the the good old zero likes given right there, and uh, Pale Host Kid lit him up and said, "How original is that? All you got?" Uh, and he actually doubled back down on it, said, "Numbers don't lie." Um, I don't know what that has anything to do with it, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, B Don gets my shout out for uh, uh, trying to attack White Sox Twitter with a very poorly put together meme. Um, if you want to go jump on this tweet, it was sent about 10 hours ago at beat on 300. It's probably like his fifth tweet in, in, in the, in the feed right now. Um, he's actually an on tap sports net contributor. So that's why I'm able to do this and, and call him out on it. But beat on next time you're trying to come at white Sox Twitter, um, check the, the meme that you're trying to throw out there. Yeah. Also, I, I, is coronavirus one word or two, Johnny? That's I want to say it's two. You want to say it's two? Okay, I'm just I'm just checking here. You, you always go to your editor to check your stuff before you, you go after it. So go after it. Uh, no, 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 no. We get we there. I mean, there are a couple variations. Obviously, COVID dash nineteen is the official uh, you know terminology for it. But no, I've seen. Uh, so there is. I guess that one's kind of just in flux because I have seen both. Um, okay. Well, but th- well, there's other there's other articles that are using the full word. So as one. Well. Okay. All right. Well, e- either way, uh, socks, S-O-C-K-S. Uh, I think that one takes the cake right there. I, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, next time you're trying to come at White Sox Twitter, maybe run our uh, run your 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 joke by our editor that we have. His name's Johnny. Uh, first, before you actually throw that out there into the yeah. Twitter sphere. So, so I think the moral of the story here is if you post cringe, you're going to get ratioed to hell. So don't post cringe people. Um, all right. I'll bring it back into a little bit more of a socks realm here uh, for my shout out. And uh, it goes to another on tap contributor here. Uh, my guy, a Kins, Andrew Kinsler, uh, big birthday coming up this week. And then uh, we'll be doing a lot of celebrating for that as we head out to spring training the following week. So um, shout out a Kins. I know he just uh, got through a test, a CPA test. So um Hope that all went well for him, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, celebrating his birthday with him by taking in some White Sox spring training baseball. So um, that's it. Better way to do it. Happy birthday, Kinsler! Happy birthday, my man. Wish wish him a happy birthday. There you go. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, guys, we're we're wrapping this thing up. Final thoughts. Uh, we're another day closer to White Sox baseball, man. That matters. So. Keep bringing it on. I'm I'm super excited. It was great to get back on the mic with you guys. We'll be back doing it again next week. Final thoughts. Alex Calme forever. Um, Edwin Encarnacion forever. Uh, Cool the engines is a new term here. And then, uh, yeah, I can't wait to be in Lot B, guys. Yeah. With both of you. I can't wait either, Buzz. Uh, you, you said, you know, another day closer. We're officially 17 days away now from uh, White Sox baseball. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to being out there uh, opening weekend, both Thursday and uh, Saturday, tailgating with you guys. Um, obviously, we'll be out there with Sox on 35th. White Sox Dave is going to come by. Um, look for the flags when you're going out to the tailgates. Uh, you'll know where to find the party then. That's all I've got. Uh, Buzz, 
read us out, and then we will close it like we always do. All right. Well, everybody, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Please be giving us uh, a five-star rating and review on any platform that you listen to us on. And uh, that's all I got, man, besides, you know, the infamous White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.